Man down. Man down. Oh, shit. Man overboard. Oh, God. They're, overboard. they're eating him. Sound the alarm. The sharks. The crocodiles are rising. The anacondas. The dinosaurs are rising up. We're a man down. The avocados. What are those, like, little bitey fish called? Oh, it's right at the tip of my tongue. Piranhas. Piranhas. Why did I... Why did you think they were called avocados? Because you had just talked about alligators and crocodiles and... and... <laughs> Avoc and, that, and the first thing that comes to your head is avocados. Listen, listen. I may not be a very smart man. <laughs> but I know about video games. Yeah! That reminds oh. me of that Tim Rogers quote. I, I, I do enjoy Tim Rogers with his very random... What does he say? Something like, My name is Tim Rogers. Video games make me happy. I will not die hungry. Video games forever. Or something like that. He says at the end of all of his videos. It's a good quote. I do have to worry, though, considering the events that are currently going on in Texas, and as someone who is a shit-tier e-celebrity who depends on talking about video games <laughs> every now and then to eat food, I do have to wonder if the YouTuber influencer demographic is going to be able to, to sustain itself if things get that much worse in over here in... Is it still Trump land? Can I still call America Trump land? No, it's Biden... Topia Opolis? Bidenopolis? Bidenopolis. Biden Bidentopia. Biden uh, Newfoundland. Bidenton. New Bidenville. <laughs> I, I feel like Bidenton is just a, a six minute drive down the road from Bidenton. Yeah. We just left Trumpton and we've arrived in Bidenville. Well, you have. I haven't. Like, it's literally no. No difference, really. America's still fucked <laughs> in some way or another. Over the past year, uh, a, a lot of us have, have bought bidets, so heck so yeah. May, maybe the the town around the factory can be called Bidayton. Uh, that's the joke. Uh, but yeah, no, Texas is fucked. Sorry, everyone who's listening who lives in Texas. Yeah, we hope you're well. Please stay warm. Uh, but yeah, we are a man down, uh, not because he lives in Texas and not because he's cold, but because the man is keeping him down. He has actual real jobs to do. Got a man down because of the man. Yeah, he has a he has a real life to lead. Instead of this shit tiered e-celeb. Yeah, being an online dad just doesn't fulfill Matt's heart. He's decided to be a real man. No, he'll be back soon. We wish him all the best, wherever he may be. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> My god. Just keep talking like it's a eulogy, and eventually they'll come back to bite us when he rises. And, and, and I was just going to go on about how, how the events of this past year should hopefully have taught all of us to keep our priorities in order and uh, work for the better paying jobs more than the other ones. <laughs> I, had, I had this exact discussion with a friend who works for Nintendo today, and he's like, oh, you know, I want to make games, so, you know, the indie life seems pretty cool, and I'm like, Really? You want to give up those Nintendo bonuses to make games by yourself? You crazy. You fucking crazy. One thing I noticed when watching the Direct that just came out is how many people must have jobs working with Nintendo considering the productions of their video standards these days. Really? That's so weird, because I honestly was well, we'll get into the direct in the news segment, but yes, we luckily, I we delayed this because, well, Matt is obviously not here this week, but also because 
it came that Nintendo Direct for the first time in 18 months was going to happen. What a smooth segue. Yeah. I mean, do you want to talk about the Direct before we talk small talk? Uh, it kind of folds in. I mean, okay, so basically, I, I could not... We bo it... We've both been playing Mario games this week, so... But, but when it comes to the Direct, the reason I bring it up is that I could not ignore how the narrators sound nowadays. That narrator has been doing it for like four years, though. The, the male one. But for some reason, I don't remember them being as uh, lilty and happy and, and a little ch childishly monotone oh, always in their resuscitation. Like it sounds like a commercial for a toy. When it comes to Nintendo Switch this summer, he's great. I like him. I like his voice. It, it feels a little, a little toy commercially. I, I, don't, I feel like I'm out of my, my age demographic. But that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah, yeah. And it makes me feel like I'm, I'm in the wrong place. Nintendo Directs are like Christmas. This is not like watching a PlayStation news conference or an Xbox expose, right? It's like Nintendo Directs are literally like Christmas to me. I, I feel like one of those reasons may be because those narrators, I, I, I don't think I hear them much else. They, they don't sound like usual trailers. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's a recognizable narrator who's been doing it for a long time. But also, Nintendo Directs have had to evolve because obviously since Awada-san has passed, right? Like, they mm -hmm. don't have that many Japanese presenters anymore, right? And I love how the dub voice actor always sounds like he has a permanent grin stapled onto his face like this. I What I like is you can still hear the Japanese in the background, so you know it's not, like, complete overdub. It's like... Oh, yeah, Shinya Takahashi is speaking in the background, or Aonuma-san, who, and I want to point this out, Aonuma-san's getting on in his years, but damn, man, that he's looking in shape. I don't know what he's been doing since Nintendo switched to remote work, but Aonuma was looking in good shape. He was looking well. He's a good kid. They, they let him go home for the weekends. Maybe. Maybe working remote is, like, you know, the key for all of these people. We're talking about Nintendo a lot this week for the uncharacteristically short runtime that this one will go on for. I can finally take over, and it's a direct that, honestly, I didn't have that much interest in. Yeah, I was a little... I, I <laughs> mean, difficult. I don't know. Every time these things happen, I, I do kind of, like, question how big of a deal people make out of them. They're massive. For, for the first, like, like, proper one in a whole entire damn year... I mean, it's, it was nothing to sneeze at. I think I've had this discussion like four times already today, but there's no way you can ever meet the expectation of a Nintendo Direct. I think we're at the point now where they are kind of few and far between. We get the third party, we get the, uh, you know, the smaller Directs now and again, the partner Directs and the, uh, the Indie World ones. But the, the expectation for a Nintendo Direct is always massive, especially considering we haven't had one in 18 months. So no matter what they did, the expectation wasn't going to be met. But the problem is, they went one better, which was like, in fact, we know we can't meet expectation, so we're not even going to try. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I mean, let's, let's put it honestly, right? George, out of all of those games, it, were any of them were, were you gonna, are you going to play? I might damn well pick up Splatoon 3 and I want to say maybe 40% chance of uh, whatever Project Triangle Strategy's real name is going to be. It's definitely going to be Project Triangle. It's going to be Triangle Strategy. <laughs> because Project yes. Octopath oh, oh, Traveler oh. was the working title. 
So it's going to be triangle strategy. And I am so here for it. I am so 100% here for that. I'm just give it to me. There's so many different reasons it could be called triangles. Polygons are made out of triangles. <laughs> the the rock, paper, shotgun, weapon balance system and, and fire emblem where it's like spears, magic, archery. That's a triangle. I think it's that. I think it's maybe similar to a weapon system, maybe. I'm not really sure, but I, that would be my guess. But yeah, okay, so Splatoon 3 was the big one. Obviously, this is like an Octopath Traveler no. sequel-ish, but it's a Final Fantasy Tactics Fire Emblem version instead of, you know, the... ATB system they went in for the last one, which is great because I'm a complete sucker for those games. And I just before we started recording, I was playing the demo that released, but I haven't played it. I've only just started the first battle. Feels a little clunky, actually. I'm quite surprised. It feels a bit slow. Good on them for doing demos. Like I, I did not play the full games, but I did play the demo for for Octopath. Good on them for doing demos a year before the game comes out as well. That's fun. I like that. They did it with Bravely Default as well. Are you sure? I, I feel like, I mean, you know, I could just be socially anxious, but I feel like I might have detected a hint of sarcasm. No, good on, honestly, good on them. It like, Cause that does it sound raises scary. the hype. Yeah, it's super scary. I imagine they the game will change massively, right? But especially in RPGs oh, yeah. like this, they're going to be in somewhat some sort of semi-structure. And the, the demo is like halfway through the game, supposedly. So it, it, how far they are in development. But I, I don't remember if they said when the release date was, but it sounded like it was 2022. So They trademarked uh, that art style. Um, I, I think that just means that you can't use the word. Yeah. The, what do they call it? What did they call it? The 2D, 3D series return. <laughs> HD 2D. HD 2D remix edition yeah but i can't uh, remember it was like it's a, in the in the 2d 3d series returns and i was like what is this rpg i've never heard of this and then it was ah ah it's octopath ah i don't know i'm kind of feeling the depth of fieldness is slightly obnoxious especially in this it's like overdone it's a little much but I it was is a little much if if when you play the full games of these things if you get used to it I think so. I think I got used to it pretty. I like the pixel art. I do like this style. Star Renegades had a very similar one, but with pixel art backgrounds. It is gorgeous, like in screenshots and video especially. Like it, there's a lot of bloom though. The screenshots look like concept arts up until you see them moving. It's it's weird. It's the it's uh, definitely J.J. Uh, Abrams levels of bloom though. Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition. <laughs> Yeah, so outside of that, Splatoon 3 was the big one. So, I mean, if you like Splatoon, that Direct was fantastic, yeah. right? I think that's yeah. the thing is how many people would have preferred a Mario or a Zelda? Probably a fair amount of people would yeah, have. Yeah, where's the Breath of the Wild sequel they talked about like two years ago? It's literally the 35th anniversary of Zelda by the time everybody hears this. Like, this weekend is 35 years which is terrifying because I went to my first trade show for the 25th anniversary of Zelda. So that's 10 years ago, which is terrifying. I, I, I did Google it and they are teasing that there will be news about this game coming this year. Yeah, so by the time said, yeah. <laughs> by the time December 31st, 2021 rolls around, there's at least news. I mean, it's almost March. This year's moving pretty fucking speedily towards that already. But yeah, the Splatoon 3 looks fine. 
Yeah, I missed out on uh, Splatoon 2, but Splatoon 1 is, like, just a good time. I mean, it's so long Things, as there's... I think 2 is better, personally, yeah. In, in, in either case, Splatoon was, like, a must-buy for the Switch. I am at that, for the Wii U. I imagine that as my days of owning a Switch would go on, I'd pick up Splatoon 2 eventually. Mm. Now I might as well pick up Splatoon 3. They're going for, like, some weird dystopian Planet of the Apes... Which is really interesting. Oh yeah, the the trailer had had uncharacteristically atmospheric, you know, for for like a Nickelodeon slimy, uh, gross out your parents with neon colored messes theme. Everyone was like, "Oh look, it looks like a Japanese." It's not. It's not a Japanese city. It looks like Kowloon, the walled city in Hong Kong, and and like it looks like that era. Like they're going for that Blade Runner build up of flats and stuff i i I am a little concerned though about how how fast they're coming out with these things there's like two years between each game which isn't that bad but splatoon was like summer of the first year of the switch so that's three years ago and i'm seeing a map here that just looks awfully familiar like something i've played a bunch of times in the first game so i mean that's the thing right it's like it it ultimately boils down to it's a competitive shooter but we've got to remember splatoon 2 has a pretty fantastic single player mode and is that what i missed because looking at this trailer for splatoon 3 it seems like i can just safely skip and if they're going to be making one of these every other year every other three years I'd hate to get put into the mindset of of feeling like i can safely skip every other one though if they plan on I'm doing this every three years forever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what more do you want, really. It's Splatoon. Yeah, there's some shots in here that look really cool and, and like, cinematic for Splatoon. Like, big vistas of post-apocalyptic wastelands, a very Borderlands-esque train covered in graffiti, and the camera just hangs there. That on the train, it is, yeah, it's really weird. Like, like, I had to double-check myself and be like, really? I'm watching a Splatoon trailer? <laughs> I mean, it's still very distinctively Splatoon. Uh, Skyward Sword remastered eh. for Switch. Eh. Well, yeah. like, I can't believe they ended on that. Well, outside of Splatoon, of course. The, but... the lowest reviewed of the, the big, fancy 3D modern Zeldas. So this is a thing, and my biggest... Uh, so... In defense of Skyward Sword, I'm not going to be that guy and say it's good, because I actually don't think it's that good. But it does have some ingenious dungeon design, especially like the time zone one that has different time zones where you affect different things and you skip through time to do stuff. It has some really interesting mechanics. Now, my biggest problem with Skyward Sword was that the motion control would just always desync and you had to recalibrate it with the Wiimote all the time and it fucking sucked. So now now they're just like, never mind. So two, yeah, two things. One is now you don't have to use motion controls. How good that feels because you have to use still the, the analog sticks for the sword swipes. Which, so you're doing kickflips like in skate. That's kind of weird. And, and interesting but <laughs> not great considering you can always just press buttons but switch motion controls tend to actually be pretty good so maybe finally this game will be good if the motion controls never break 
Who knows? But I tell you what, that trailer did not look HD at all. It just looked exactly how I remember Skyward Sword, and I am not paying $60 for that, even though I just paid $60 for a Wii U re-release of Super Mario 3D World. It's really quite a shame how Skyward Sword... Is it just me, or does it look a lot more dated than you were expecting? See, I, I think the opposite. Where I, I, What I remember is it just had a lot more, like, Vaseline-ness over the camera. It was the a lot textures. more blurry. Yeah. But yeah. the actual art direction has held up quite well. I actually like the art direction of Skyward Sword quite a bit. And the music for Skyward Sword, I think, is very, very good, too. I, I, th- I think it's the backgrounds that get me. The models look look fantastic as, as our our honorary dad barry did a very very good video on how to fix not how, how to but in how he would correct color correct some of skyward sword especially you're right like the textures in the backgrounds especially now in hd look even worse because like the clouds and everything are so saturated they're like a really off brown yellow not like a deep blue of the sky and it looks really weird it's very very yellowy but I feel like we wouldn't have even noticed were it not for this game getting sandwiched between such stellar examples of visual design as our Wind Waker and Breath of the Wild. True. Because people are playing Breath of the Wild clones nowadays, and that was what I think triggered the thought in my head was like, oh, this looks kind of like Phoenix Immortals Rising, except the textures are much flatter. And and it's definitely years behind the time. <laughs> I did like how Alnumo was like, oh, uh, you know that game you really like, Breath of the Wild? Uh, you know that game? Like, um, well, uh, a lot of the things we did in Skyward Sword are like the precursor to Breath of the Wild. So please, like, we're begging you, please give Skyward Sword a chance. Like, oh, you remember the wind sail thing? Oh, like, you totally can do that in Skyward Sword 2. Do you remember climbing and stamina? Oh, you can totally do that in Skyward Sword 2. <laughs> everyone loves the stamina wheel, though, the favorite Breath of the Wild feature. That's what everyone played the, that game for, right? So great, right? Well, no, no that that's a real-ass argument that people really have, myself included anyways. That's also, yeah. like, a five-year-old sore lump i don't mind if you can you know feel like you're progressing in strength you know in breath of the wild i think it's pretty decent. like you can't climb every mountain immediately and i think that helps lend to the exploration pace and that works well but in a dungeon where it's just frustrating because it's gatekeeping puzzles then yeah not so great so what was the difference in the climbing system if any between skyward sword going to Breath of the Wild. Well, exactly what I just said, right? Like, Skyward Sword yeah, is set with the intention of only matching to whatever the dungeon is, right? Whereas Breath of the Wilds is whatever you have invested in your strength, the higher the mountains you can climb, the bigger objects you can scale, right? That dictates the pace in Breath of the Wild of whether you can go straight as the crow flies and just climb over everything, or you have to take the long way around, or you have to take the short way around. Whereas in Skyward Sword, there is no open world, right? Apart from Skyloft and the temple at the bottom. The dungeons are built around that stamp because that stamina bar is always like that, right? You you refill it. So is this what the reviewers meant by saying it's more linear than your usual Zelda games? Well, yeah, it's 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 essentially Twilight Princess Ocarina of Time. It's in that vein, right? It's nothing like Breath of the Wild. Man, everyone forgot Twilight Princess, though. Everybody forgot both of those Zeldas, really. It came out between, I mean, Wind Waker, then you had Ocarina of Time 3D, Majora's Mask 3D, and then Breath of the Wild. And people just kind of were like, both Twilight, and this is weird, like, 
the Wii U never had a Zelda, right? It's like Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword both came out on the Wii. It feels like the Wii U Zelda to me was Breath of the Wild. But... It does, and it never came out on there. Like, Twilight Princess came out on the Wii U with the HD version, which is even weirder. But Skyward Sword is literally a Wii game that just is kind of forgotten to time. I remember purchasing that thing day one with the golden Wiimote as well, <laughs> which I still have to this day. What a, what a combination of two words, do, do, golden do, do, Wiimote. I will admit, though, it also came with the 25th anniversary at the time orchestral soundtrack, and it is, it is good. Like, the soundtrack to Skyward Sword is very, very good. The Ballad of the Goddess, an amazing track. Very, very yep. good song. Yeah, that trailer music was was the best part. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to play it. I already spent $60 on a remake, or a, a, a upgrade of a Nintendo game from a different era. Uh, do you want to move on to that? Is there any more Nintendo Direct headlines to, to go down? No, not really. There's some stuff in there, isn't there? Like Fall Guys is coming to the Switch. Monster Hunter Rise had a really decent trailer. It looks pretty good. I remember that I played the demo like a month ago and that was really fun. So I'm probably going to pick that up, I think. Outer Wilds. Outer Wilds coming to Switch. So if you haven't played it, you should absolutely fucking absolutely, play it. Absolutely, yep. Oh! Oh! <laughs> I completely forgot that was a new Smash character. That's how much I just didn't give a shit about this new Smash who, character. Who were Pyra and Mithra? Like, like these are from your favorite <laughs> game ever, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. The first game I ever talked about on the Dad and Sons podcast. So, and, and you already forgot. And you even get, you're the, okay. I love Smash, <laughs> all right? And I just could not give less of a shit. You are the only person I know who's played that game. For some reason, a lot more people give a lot more shits about Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Yeah, because it's fucking and, way better, IMO. And I never finished it. You're the only one I know who's who's played Xenoblade Chronicles 2. A lot of people I know shit talk you for playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And even you, like, don't give a shit about these Smash characters. I think 2 is... I, it's not a bad game. Uh, it's nowhere near as good as 1, in my opinion. But 2, like, the characters, though, are absolutely the worst part of that game. Like, they're annoying. They are, like the worst side of like anime tropiness like jiggle tits whatever right like they're bad they're not great and i think pyra looks awful her design is awful rex i'm so glad it's not rex at least because i think rex is like literally the worst looking rpg character ever and he's got the most as a british person he has literally the most annoying voice i have ever heard it's so frustrating i i really do feel like i'm out of my demographic sometimes when i when i hear these 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 voices doing doing the nintendo trailers these days but that that was a really bad moment. Don't worry, I've been invited to Smash. Yeah, yeah, they say that, and and they're like cartoon voices. I've been invited to Smash. We're no pushovers. We're fighters too. I mean, I will admit, like, even though I was kind of like, ah, watching the trailer, I, some of the moose set stuff kind of was interesting. I like the idea of this dual character thing. It's similar to a uh, Pokemon trainer, which is a character that stands out completely on its own, right? Um. You have two characters that do two different things. One's about speed, one's about power. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I've got to give it to Sakurai. Like, Sephiroth is easily one of my favorite characters, and they have got 
more interesting as time has gone on. I think Min Min was maybe like a low light Min Min, but even then Min Min had, you know, you use the left, like the, the two buttons to control the left and right arms, just like in the game. And then Steve came out and Steve was really strange and really weird. And then Sephiroth came out and Sephiroth was different and really fun to play. So, I mean, it could work out. Like whether the character is good, you like the character or not, it, it doesn't really matter when you start fighting and playing. But yeah, I completely forgot because I just couldn't care. This wasn't part of the direct, but uh, apparently we missed Star Wars Republic Commando is also among the list of games getting ported over to Switch. Did you see that was a Zynga game? Oh, there's a Star Wars free to play Zynga game. Uh, Republic Commando is different. But yeah, there's a from the makers of Farmville. <laughs> there's a free to play Star Wars game. I imagine it's going to be nothing that I did not look into that that much. I don't know. Did you? <laughs> no. Metopia is getting ported uh the ninja gaiden trilogy i remember having a great time with that i remember having a real great time with that i'm 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 surprised i'm pleasantly surprised that they are acknowledging they're remembering that Mies used to be a thing and they were like the best thing my biggest memory of metopia was a was a pretty great youtube playthrough series with some youtubers who now don't make youtube videos anymore for various reasons oh no that's gonna be more and more of us as the years roll on isn't it <laughs> um but yeah no uh interesting weird choice to bring back considering we don't even have meverse anymore god Very can weird. you imagine what meverse would be like on the on switch, the switch? I, oh, know. I know what a travesty it is kind of upsetting i hope they bring it back in some form I, I did not write it down, but do we uh, care about Travis touchdown in, in, at all? Because No More Heroes 3 is, 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 is... I know! I really like the No More Heroes series, but I must admit, watching it, I was like, oh, 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 that that's looking a little rough. That's like Suda's purposely gone, hey, people love the series, we don't <laughs> need to change anything. And then, you know, has not actually changed anything. <laughs> All of the No More Heroes games kind of reminds me of that chunk from the Jason Schreier Blood, Sweat, and Pixels book where he talks about how Bungie really, really wanted to make a different game than Halo for quite a few years and were never able... Hey, No More Heroes is an amazingly inventive, crazy, cool thing. It, can it be so amazingly inventive and quirky and, and unique if, if it has a series like six games long with, with all of the spinoffs along the way? It's been it's been ten years. I... Yeah, but he's fighting aliens now. I'm like, it still looks pretty interesting, and it does a lot of gimmicky things that I think you know, like the boss battles. Travis did like three different boss battle types. There was like an RPG one where it was like Final Fantasy. There was one that was like a Gundam robot fight. It's at least trying different things. Can't fault it for that. I just I just I'm a fan of like weird original weirdo stuff for weirdos like me. Okay. All right. All right. I, All right. I, 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 I mean, come to think of it, I guess nothing about No More Heroes really unqualifies for that and in, in the I mean you do save by, you know, shitting on a toilet. Indie game tie-ins they had with Travis Drake's again was was all good. Oh good yeah. Fun. I forgot about that game. That was not very good. Yeah, it didn't review well, but it did have fun, fun gimmicks. It was very repetitive. I think we're finally through most of, of the Nintendo Direct headlines. Well, yep, I didn't expect to talk about it for that long, but overall, pretty meh. Uh, we didn't even talk about our small talk games that we played this week. Well, we can now. Yeah. 
what a revolutionary, inventive, quirky new podcast format. Put <laughs> one of the two news stories up front. Yeah, we should just start with questions next time. <laughs> That's what the survey data said the people want. Do you remember up front. when? Yeah, do you remember when we used to do the Twitter segment and it just died once and <laughs> we never did it again? Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the games we played this week. We we both played Mario games. I think yours is definitely the more current of the two. <laughs> and even then, it's a re-release. Yeah, but it's tacked on to a new iterative evolution side grade. Yes, it is. And guess what, George? I have not played that far. <laughs> Those were all the questions I wanted to ask. How did you not know? <laughs> Ah, so, so Liam's been playing the, the Mario 3D World re-release, but you're not playing Bowser's Fury. I haven't even, I haven't even turned it on yet. Is it a multiplayer thing? I, I think so, but also just the fact that the Switch is so easy to just press the little button at the top. So I've been like, just, I've honestly just been sitting in the game like i haven't used my switch to play any other game so when i open it it's it's in the 3d world version of the game i just carry on playing because man the game is just so fun it's oh. such a little delight bowser's fury does have multiplayer it just goes up to two players though okay yeah yeah so one plays as uh bowser jr yeah, so, fun story. I mean, you might have done the same thing. When I played through Mario 3D World back in the Wii U days, I did it all multiplayer from beginning to end. I never played that game alone. Oh, you don't remember if I played that one multiplayer, but I played, you know, New Super Mario Bros. Wii multiplayer, and that was, like, pulling teeth. Oh, that was a clusterfuck. The 3D World was so much more... Like, it still had some some bullshit moments in the higher difficulty stages. Yeah, I can definitely see, um, but I, I don't remember enjoying it the first time I played it on Wii U. I think it looks gorgeous. It's easily one of the best Wii U-looking games, and I think now it still looks great. But it's like little condensed, almost like mobile app Mario levels that you just delve into for 10 minutes, collect everything, and then get out. It's so tight, and it... And Apart from wrestling with the camera sometimes, which is egregiously bad sometimes. Man, I really enjoyed just playing through to the end of this game. Getting three stars and a stamp on every every level. The end? You got all the way? Because the last two worlds of 3D World are like... They drag on. Some, I was... Okay, okay. The, the, no, I know what you mean. I know what I you love mean, them. but when you... Yeah, I so love when you fight so Bowser for that first time, at, like, and you get the final fairy or whatever, and then... The music in his carnival overworld is... Oh! Yeah, the carnival is pretty amazing, but it does kind of drag on a little bit. You're like, oh, I want to play Bowser's Fury now, and then you're like, I guess I'll wait. <laughs> I could play it, but... I was was loving every every minute of it. Maybe Maybe because... It's good. It's really good. That music... I just wanted that music to play forever and ever until I would never have my fill. So so that carnival, that carnival could go on forever so far as I'm concerned. I can't remember enjoying it as much as I, I, I did now. I don't know whether it just came at a perfect time where I could watch TV, play it on the Switch, and I have to use my big TV, and it looks great on the screen. I don't know. But you're not playing Bowser's Fury. I have not yet played Bowser's Fury. Why did you pick the 3D world over it when you first sat down after opening the package and made the decision? 
Um, because uh, I thought I just wanted to like see how it played again and like jump in. And one thing led to another. Bowser's Fury looked like something I couldn't jump into, right? Like it would you have to sit down. I want to play it on the big TV. Whereas like with the 3D world, I could just like sit and chill out. Like it doesn't require too much brain space. Yeah. So you were mentioning this this comparison with like a cell phone mobile looking visual style to it. No, no, I mean like in terms of like uh, the way the levels are built up, they're really quite short, they're condensed, and they, you know you can do it in ten minutes and then just put it down and then go back to what you were doing. I like that. Like like a game made for portables. Yeah, and that's why it works so freaking well on this thing. That thing's not that too far off from the wii u exactly so i was also watching some video reviews and then the donkey review mentioned this as well but um evidently back when the game came out there was a lot of backlash it reviewed very very well but there was some backlash from customers that i think felt they were missing out on a, a like proper mario 3d sequel which you would have gotten with odyssey and i think there's like a huge elephant in the room with 3d world and that is how all of the levels kind of look like they're snapped together by pre-built like like plastic toys instead of looking organic. Like how in Odyssey, the obstacle course will be cut into the cliff of a jungle. And in 3D World, it'll look like toys stacked up together like blocks. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, exactly, right? It is kind of like toy box mode. I like it. It reminds me of the weirdness of Mario how surreal it is to have smiling faces on the clouds looking down at you like an angry sun and like walking mushrooms and like, the hills literally have eyes yeah and it <laughs> you know it's it, it's weird mario is weird and um i like that i like that 3d world is like not held back by Whatever you like with Mario Odyssey, you need to stick to whatever the aesthetic is, right? Even the levels inside of a world don't match the aesthetic of that world. For example, you're in the ice world, there's not any ice stages, for example. Like, it's just random levels in a random world in a structure, and they're all, each one has like a focus and a unique take. And you just enjoy it and you just play Mario, you just run around, you do what is good about Mario, which is <laughs> using his moveset, right? I think that's really cool. For the most time, I think this game's biggest problem is the camera. I think it's just the camera. That was an issue back back in the Wii U days as well. I remember what a big revolution it was to uh, waggle the, the gamepad around to change the camera on Toad's treasure tracker levels. Are those still in there? Yeah. Do you rotate the switch to change the camera? No, you just use the stick. You do some... Which is really weird, because I only noticed it on, like, three levels out of all of them. There are moments where you can, you know, where you, you used to have to use the, like, the motion the motion control or the stylus, I think, on the Wii U. In this one, you can tap the screen to, like, draw out blocks, and there's, like, uh... one Captain Toad level, and then there's, like, a two so it's like a or drag. three Mario levels. Yeah, you drag it, and it's like, why is this here? Like, I see what you're trying, right? But why is this here? Like, you do it, like, three times total there's a lot of fucking levels in this game it does it does go on for a long time it is quite long but i have not tried bowser sphere yet <laughs> at least it we, we still managed to talk about mario though 
it's it's really good. I think like if you have a Switch and you didn't play it, you should totally play it if you like Mario. And if you did play it and you enjoyed it and you're kind of looking to play it again, I still think it's worth playing. It is expensive though for what it is, but yeah, maybe Bowser's Fury makes it worth it because the game is already worth that price. The game is great. I, I would much rather download Bowser's Fury, but even I was tempted to re-download the whole thing and play some couch co-op with that again yeah i i should have played a bit of multiplayer too but honestly even a single player it's great it's it you know some of the stages get really tough like they're you know i, I was losing lives which is great i like mario games where i lose lives i mean it's inconsequential but it does mean that it's a challenge i, I, and think, I do like that. i think this is one where they actually implemented a a baby mode if you fail too many times yes. where they give you an invincibility hat if you like die 30 times or something. Yeah. The one from super Mario bros. I think it was new <laughs> super Mario bros. Yeah. They're like gold, golden Tanuki. I have so many positive pre quarantine memories of a simpler time playing through couch co-op games all the way through. And, and like <sighs> when there was one stage where, where the camera was auto scrolling across the level and you had to jump from time platform to time platform and, and everyone was dying. And I just, I don't think I have heard laughter as loud and as hard as when the screen was like sorry for dying so many times here's an invincibility handicap good luck buddy <laughs> you you you're, you're allowed to go on on your own now with your big invincibility hat <laughs> yeah i did use it once just to get a star that had been bugging me for a while because i can't leave a level until i get all three stars and the stamp and i just wanted to move on from one level that had oh, a time man. limit i was like oh they still have the stamps in there but no meverse yeah, what I know. do you, you just do collect with them? So what? <laughs> Nothing. What the? F That's. Uh... I think. Oh, you, oh, uh, you can, you can, you can do. Sorry, that you can. There is a photo mode now. Like Odyssey's photo mode. Oh, that's totally as good as Miiverse. Thank you, Nintendo. I know it's weird because imagine if Miiverse is still around and you could post your freaking photos on the Miiverse. Well, anyway, you can put the stamps on the photos. That's it. Man, can you imagine the 2020 uh, Zoom apocalypse of all the kids being at home on, on social media of how a new generation has grown up normalizing social media, <laughs> completely changing the way they think and write <laughs> because of social media. And right at that cutoff, they get rid of Miiverse. And re Miiverse, like... It, it was such a cornucopia of that ironic sarcasm mm. that is so delightful about how how teenagers make the best of social media in a positive way that, that it almost feels like like something really positive has, has gone from the world. Something that may, maybe could have steered the future of, of social media to a better place than where it ended up now. Yeah, because seeing a black and white child scribble. That says my parents are dead in the middle of a great fun session of Splatoon is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see like the memes of the Wii U and the Miiverse were so wholesome. Like that one of that guy who posted just about water all the time on Miiverse and he'd be like, that's some nice looking water. I remember the those wholesome days. Especially because the, the drawing application was like so pixelated and black and white yeah. only. And then you'd have those people in Splatoon who'd have like freaking like masterwork art as their profile. Oh. One of the two extremes. It was either hilariously crappy or like hilariously why did you bother spending this much time getting the shading on her skin perfect for the the meverse <laughs> post about your parents dying in splatoon oh my god yeah uh oh well 
We live in a different world, but Mario, still good. Thank you, Mario. We live in, in a different world than, than the one that Mario was originally brought into this world under. Um, uh, yeah, I, I played Super Mario Brothers 2. Finally, Why? Uh, I was scrolling through the the availability of classic games on on the, the Switch Online Pass, as I do, and they added the Super Nintendo Anthology Super Mario All-Stars. And I had just thought to myself, you know what? I had never actually taken a serious stab at Super Mario Brothers 2. Instead of playing two of the best games ever, Super Mario Bros. 3 and Super Mario and Super Mario World, I'll play two. My train of logic was, I want to play a Mario game on my Nintendo Switch while I'm hearing about everyone else having fun playing Mario games on their Nintendo Switch. <laughs> And so when I was looking through the menu, I was like, you know what? I've played all of these other Mario games a billion times before. I want something <laughs> new. I'll play the one I haven't played that is infamously bullshit. What, one of the things that I actually think is quite delightful about playing this game nowadays, though, and it's not delightful, but, but infamously, infinitely more delightful than back in the days is that you can rewind and, and save states and load states. And I don't understand how this would have even been completable without that. So you know how in the NES Mario games, you cannot walk backwards, right? You can't scroll the screen backwards. Yeah, as in you can't, I mean, you can walk backwards, right, right. but you can't scroll backwards. Push, is what yeah, it once is. the screen goes back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, once, once you push the screen, once you walk in any direction, the screen will permanently scroll past and, and give you less room to maneuver back. Mario Brothers 2 will position jumps that require a running start, and they'll have you jumping off of a platform that will disappear behind the left frame of the screen by the time you have to take your running start off, which means if you slowly and carefully approach the edge of like, imagine a diving board to see what's on the other side of the jump before you take the leap of faith, you can't walk back to get the distance you need to get a running start off of it. And, and I don't understand how you were supposed to play and beat these things back in the day without a subscription and Nintendo power and talking to your friends and whatnot. And one of the things that is absolutely happening is that it's alien now. Like, it's like watching black and white movies. Like, it looks and feels <laughs> like something that, I mean, I, I technically was alive but I don't have conscious memories of this thing being a thing, <laughs> but it is from another world. Like different kinds of people played this game than, than us modern civilized folks nowadays. It, it is surreal, it's bullshit, it's mean, it's a cruel game, and it's like nothing that's ever gonna happen again. It's also like a historical artifact of, of, of a time when video games were something that the kid kept around for months and worked at piecemeal slowly slowly at a time yeah just you know chipping away at it constantly like because i was thinking about that today and i was thinking about why don't i finish games and it's just i have so many games when i was a kid this was not an option you just kept beating your head against it mario constantly. is still with us but this this version this vision of mario rather where the kid playing mario is stuck on one jump in particular for a week that's gone away that's fizzled that's something that, that you can't really experience the way it's meant to be played again i i was about to say i have respect but i don't know if i have <laughs> i have sympathy and and sorrow to share for the people who had to who who put up with Mario 2 back in the day and played all the way through it i <laughs>
When thinking back on all the uh, bullshit video games I've completed in my life, though, the older I get, the more I really do wish I was spending that time doing something else. But hey, I finally played Mario 2! <laughs> of all the hooray. games I've played in my life, I can add that one to the list now. Oh boy. <laughs> While everyone was having fun playing a fun new Mario game, I the, the social media word of mouth tricked me, tempted me, into doing something cheaper. How much does the Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury remake cost? 60 bucks. Fuck that. For $3 a month, you can instead play Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 2, a famously borderline uncompletable game from, from the late <laughs> 80s. Refresh me on the story. Was Mario 2, as known as the Lost Levels, was that actually popular in Japan? Like, did the Japanese market react favorably to that kind of sequel? Because that kind of shows a different understanding of video games itself. I have no idea whether it was popular, actually. I do not know. Like, it was it was built for speedrunners who had mastered the game as, as a mechanical system rather than a narrative experience. I mean, I don't think that was the... I don't think speedrunning was the express purpose, right? But maybe it was... The vocabulary wasn't around back then. It was high scores back then. Yeah, but maybe it was for... Uh, yeah, yeah. It was like for advanced players, right? What did Nintendo used to call it? Advanced players or something? Well, they did in English. Game counselors was the name for the people on the phone line. Yeah, but they're called like advanced players, I think, in Nintendo. In magazines, in Nintendo Power and stuff like that. They'd be like, for advanced players. Proto esports. Yeah. Well, George, considering you've had a rough time with Mario 2, I think I have a game for you. Oh, oh, okay. I come with a recommendation. I did play one thing that has some other funny stories to tell, but uh, let's hear it. What's that's the the oh God, what are you going to do to me? Is this the segment? Am I going to get surprised? No, 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 no. We'll get to the seg. We'll get to our one off segment surprise. OK, fiasco after because I do want to talk about the, the Mesopotamia, the Iraq. City built, anyways. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Well, okay. Well, maybe this may not be a game for you because <laughs> it's fun and we know you don't like Both fun. Both games I played this week were not fun. I literally just talked about how <laughs> I just naturally, instinctively, without even trying and thought about it, ended up playing through, through <laughs> Super Mario 2. It's that time of year. It's the IGF. <laughs> The indie game... Tax season? Uh, yeah, yes, tax season. For indie game developers, tax season, DIGF, the Independent Games Festival. I am, thankfully, once again, judging some of the games in it, so that's good fun. So I get to play games from all across the world, oh, yeah. and it's where I first played A Short Hike, which we all know I ended up adoring. You, you got insider priority on that. You, you get to know who to look out for. Yes, I, well I get to play a lot of games that already released. I get to play games that are up and coming, which is great and there are some fantastic entries this year actually. I'm having a blast playing through some of them which is probably why I only ended up playing Mario, just to chill out. But, one game that I'm so glad I finally got the chance to play through the IGF same as with A Short Hike it's not so much a, re a revelatory experience, but I could not stop laughing and I was having an absolute <laughs> blast. Is Tear Down. Not Tear Away. Tear Away, yeah. Not the Media Molecule game for the PlayStation Vita. Because I, I gotta admit, when I first saw that name, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, no, this is Tear Down. It's made by one guy. Oh, yeah. I've seen the game where you just wreck shit. <laughs> you wreck shit. Like, it's a voxel-based engine that has complete oh yeah this looks like a blast realistic physics and everything fuck these buildings 
This game is honestly wonderful. Like it's so fun. It is. I'm not, I'm not going to say like games can be in meaningful and inspirational oh, and stuff, but this is the pure definition of a video game that reminds me of what video games can be in terms of fun. It is just so fun. The first time I played a video game in my life at four years old, I closed my eyes and pictured something like this. Yeah, no, it's like that. And it's because it's in voxels and it just feels like you're basically going around breaking Lego. It feels wonderful to break things. So that's great, right? We've had physics and we've had sandboxes and we've had, you know, games that have tool sets where you can break stuff and do all sorts of wacky stuff. And, oh, it's all good fun, right? Now, tear, tear Down, I nearly said Tear Away, Tear Down does this very special thing where not only does it give you tools that literally allow you to break the game entirely, break its world and fuck yourself over, it has a mission structure that like lends to the player oh my god the reasons to fuck things up right so you have a couple of different mission varieties i love the look of this yeah it's it's honestly great it's totally worth it so you have demolition jobs which are the fun segments where you literally are just given a target and it's like destroy this and you're like Okay, and then you just do everything to destroy it. To like, it has like a height meter, and you just have to basically make it so it no longer covers that height meter. It'll be like two meters too tall, and you're like, all right then, and you just start <laughs> smashing the shit out of it. It's amazing. But then it will have these other missions, like like the kind of like heisty missions, right? So it's so smart because what it'll do is it'll give you like three things to pick up. So imagine if you had to stealth into a place and pick some things up. So so you say stealth into, but this I I imagine it's like rolling a steamroller through the walls. Yeah. So there's nobody around, but the idea is that the alarm goes off when you pick up one of the objects. So say there's three <laughs> objects in a space, right? I'm talking like a big level with like a, like a farm or something mm -hmm. with houses and, and barns and what whatever, right? But what the game does is it asks you to make a route from one object to the second object to the third object. And this can involve smashing down walls of houses and then laying ladders down so you can jump through one to the next. Because you only have 60 seconds once the alarm goes off. And you have to cover, like, major ground. So the idea is you go in, you break walls, you ram cars into buildings so you can hop over things, and you basically build yourself the biggest shortcut ever by smashing a sledgehammer <laughs> into the side of buildings. It is so good. And then when you finally pull off the heist by running your route, which could require, like, running over tunnels that you've built around yourself and everything, it feels so satisfying. But it just has other dumb shit. Like there was one where I had to steal two safes and the safes are really heavy. It's like I needed to dump them in the ocean and get rid of the evidence. So the safes are on the second floor of this building. I smashed the windows in and I smashed the wall out so I could push the safe out the window. But the safe's really heavy. So I realized, fuck, I can't pick it up. So <laughs> I, I went and found a van. I jumped on top of the van, smashed the roof of the van in. <laughs> Got in the van, drove the van to the window, and I pushed the safe into the van through the hole in the roof that I made, and then drove the van into the water. It was amazing. It was truly amazing. It felt so like the best of emergent gameplay, where you're just having a great time by yourself, making those moments for yourself, but with a structure that kept me engaged 
well, without me thinking I'm going to do something wrong, like break the world beyond repair. Like it lends to it so neatly and so tidily. It's so smart. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. So you're you're just destroying things in first person. That's the whole game. But you're drawing, yeah, but you're doing it with like a purpose. It's not like Minecraft where you're just destroying shit and then rebuilding stuff. It's like, you're like, okay, you look at a building, you're like, okay, so there's a crane there. If I knock the crane, if I, if I knock a big enough hole where I can poke the crane, like, tower thing, the cap, through the window, I can run up the, the, I can then jump on top of the crane, run up the crane, get on top of the roof, knock down like this metal rusty pipe, and then I can make that like an arc, so then I can run back up to the other roof, and you're like destroying things with intent purposes, and it just feels so great, because you can just destroy everything, you can set things on fire, it has propagating fire, you literally have a fire extinguisher with you at all times, because you literally set everything on fire. You can throw stuff, so you can throw propane tanks and blow stuff up. It's it's so good. I love it. I'm so I'm just in love with it. Now, now on the game Steam page, they do mention something that that you mentioned about there being a, a an objective driven storyline. They say there is a yes. campaign with an escalating storyline and a gallery of interesting characters. Uh, what in the world kind of characters show up in a game like this? Uh, none. It's great. Like they have news reports on the TV. <laughs> like back at the home base, they have news reports on the TV of like the shit you've been what doing. You did. But it's just, but it's just voxel people who look really shitty, like Lego people, and they're just like. <laughs> it's 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 just it's like very black comedy, just very comedic, almost childish. But oh my god, does it look great? Like the voxels look. This is pretty power intensive on your PC because it's using like three gigabytes yeah. of like video ram like you're yeah. breaking voxels and it's creating a lot of particle problems but also the real-time reflections and the ray tracing is really impressive stuff it's so odd what what kind of hardware are you running with this game because I, I i was looking into it and it is demanding it is very demanding i mean i'm just using my my gtx 970 or whatever and it doesn't run that great but honestly it doesn't need to and it stutters in frame rate but i'm just having a blast <laughs> honest this game kudos to uh i can't remember the guy who made it like he's been making games for like 30 years and he just was like i have this tool set i made for myself i'm gonna build a game around it and he just builds like basically little lego things that all work and you just smash them into each other it's on i'm having such a blast I'm really, it reminds me of just like the pure fun that video games can provide sometimes and you're just laughing and chuckling, but it's also like triggering in your brain, like some of the, you know, like some of the like inspirational moments where you're like, huh, what if I did knock out like the support beam on that house and, <laughs> and then dropped a whole building on itself. That's great. It, it looks like, like a what if engine. Like, like it's it's answering all sorts of intrusive what if questions that a child would have about the physics of our universe. It is kind of like that, yeah. I I highly I think I think you would have a great time. I think some of the like the stories you'd end up being able to tell mm. afterwards. Mm. Like once I just like mm-hmm. once I had knocked a hole through the roof of a van drove that van up to the window and then pushed the safe into the hole and it not fall out of the van and landed successfully. I was smitten. I was like, oh my God, this game, this game's brilliant. I'm, I'm a fan. You custom engineered your own vehicle. 
I modified it to my express taste. You transformed a van into a flatbed truck. <laughs> it's it's a great time. It's honestly a great time. I I I think it's done fairly well for itself, but yeah, it's definitely one of one of the top IGF games I'm playing at the moment. So I I highly recommend it for people who like that kind of emergent gameplay style. And uh, I haven't even got to the part where you get guns and shit yet. Um, but I will. <laughs> I certainly will. It was really, really mind-blowing how different a shotgun can be used when you don't think of it in terms of, oh, it's something that I point and click on bad guys with. Because I've seen footage of Teardown's shotgun in which it takes entire chunks out of out of walls. I, 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 yeah, like I'm watching the trailer for it now and I'm like, oh my god, I haven't even seen some of this stuff. And I'm I'm just starting to think of all the things I can do knowing how the game runs i'm like oh man this is this is great <laughs> so great it makes me giddy it's just really exciting <laughs> those those chunks have have physics so you can like shotgun four corners and and then the centerpiece of the hole will fall out yeah and like you know it you just connect the dots having a blast it's just having a blast it's good stuff man Highly recommend it. Uh, but yeah, what do you? So let's go. Let's go back to not fun. Yeah, I do not recommend the other game I played <laughs> this week. Uh, you may have seen me do a stream of a game called Nebuchadnezzar, which just got released on Steam um, one day before recording. They sent me a pre-launch code for um, influencers and streamers. Nebuchadnezzar is a game that I feel needed to happen. Uh, it's a game that's very clearly marked towards one narrow market demographic, and it does not try to do a lot to exceed expectations from that starting point. It is a impressions-style city builder that looks like the impressions developed games from the turn of the millennium based off of ancient civilizations Caesar and Pharaoh. Unfortunately, I did not play those games but it really doesn't seem that different from the flavor i'm used to which is a childhood of SimCity and then an adulthood playing a lot of banished but i was really hoping for something a little different for this so so this is taking place in in mesopotamia which are the very first cities ever and when it comes to the context of making a city builder based out of building the first cities ever i feel like 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 the developer should rethink some things rather than copy-paste a, a tried-and-true formula from from years past. Which is funny because we just talked about how you're allowed to do that in video games more so in other industries because they don't usually abuse the patents unless you're Warner Brothers and other handful <laughs> of cases. If, if the video game industry was more strict about that, this game never would have been made. But I've always wanted... Well, this game is, like, really new. Yeah, and it doesn't look like it. This game looks 30 years old when you look at screenshots. No, I thought this was something you might have dug out of like old no. PC boxes. This is this released today yesterday yeah. today. Yeah, and and it it wow. looks um on par with uh SimCity 2000 SimCity 3000 level graphics. It does yeah, it it is giving that sort of nice nostalgic 90 PC 2000 1999. I have 
always wanted more media to take place in this setting, though, because I mean, of all the romantic mysteries to the human condition that history could solve, this is a place and a time where, where you got answers to a lot of questions of our existence. This is where money was invented. This is where, where land ownership was invented. This is where farming was invented. So it seems like a little like like the people you're playing as are skipping kind of a few steps when those objects are already available on the menu for them to start when the land is like already nicely gridded out into grids from the start it's dry it executes a very very methodical formula without a lot of difficulty or threats you need a population count to build bigger fancier buildings and you need to build a balanced supply chain between different kinds of food with uh with pottery they don't generate trash uh your people don't go you people i don't think they die they move out and then they come back in and another <laughs> my my standard for it's comparison nice. here is is banished and banished is is a game all about preparing for the winter yeah <laughs> about stocking up on on food and coal and and things that keep people happy and sane or else your town will literally die and in this game you can kind of pause and and resume lost progress later shuffling some things around coming back from a loss doesn't doesn't seem like a very particularly interesting challenge and the things that are compelling about building your way up through this are basically just unlocking your way to the big famous monuments and uh, getting to build a Tower of Babel or the Hanging Gardens and stuff like that. And throughout all that, though, I did not find any mention of uh, flooding mechanics, which would seem to be a bit, pretty big deal if you are making a game in this setting. I, I believe one of the parts of the great trial and error <laughs> gameplay mechanics of humanity figuring out civilization was was learning how rain erosion works in these areas where entire cities were flooded away and and uh there's there's geologic evidence of of some of their first settlements getting getting wiped away it scared the shit out of them and that's the inspiration for the great flood in the bible ah. and that's not in the game right that seems like a natural antagonist is is the flooding of of these rivers that your people don't have long records of keeping. There's a seasonal system for for your crops coming and going, but like you don't see the weather change, the the ground tiles, the graphics will all look the same. That there's no in and out flooding. It seems like such an obvious choice to make the game more interesting and difficult. Make the river flood and have that fuck your shit up. So, <laughs> like on one hand, I'm I'm a little disappointed that in terms of being a city builder in in the grand tradition of city builder games it does seem pretty lightweight and unremarkable mm. but i'm also disappointed that it doesn't seem like a unique game for this unique kind of setting i i have a dream game in mind i would love to play someday where you play a um manager of of tribes who all agree on some sort of union to found a city and so a a dynastic family management game like the sims or crusader kings could very organically scale its way up to an entire city builder as you uh get your your tribes to unite and and agree to publicly fund communal projects and you could have a situation like this and a powerful lesson from the history of this get told in a really exciting fun mechanical way that they totally did not seem to be interested in doing at all but I am at least glad that we have one decent Mesopotamia-themed game now. There definitely should be more. This is a, a region of the world that is woefully 
underexplored by our pop culture. Do you create mathematics? I do you create physics? I don't think you do, but the you know the flavor text does. See, that's like a thing. Like why? <laughs> okay, okay. You know we use a base numeral ten system for a lot of stuff, but for some reason when we measure timekeeping, it's base six. That's because the Mesopotamians did that, and everyone just adopted their systems for the rest of the history. Why did they do that? I would like to know. I feel like there's some way someone could invent a game where you are allocating the resources of your tribe into a sort of situation that might might organically explain through gameplay why we use why we divide the time the time up by six there's there's 60 60 minutes an hour and then 60 seconds to a minute for some reason i don't know maybe a game about why they came up with that could explain it better than just reading why they came up with it that way i would love to see that sometime like uh there's there's a real balance of of uh playing off the risks and rewards that those people had to make back then in, in terms of founding the first cities in Mesopotamia, the gravesite evidence has shown that they were more genetically diverse and linguistically diverse than, than we like to give it credit for. They had different systems of proto-writing. Before they developed an official alphabet, they would have symbols scratched around caves and tombs that would refer to ideas and stuff, but weren't abstract nor unified enough to uh, count as a real official alphabet. Like, what had to happen was that these different tribes organized into a confederation and decided a spot to settle and there's a real there there has to be a fascinating 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 way to tell their story through allocating what sort of of resources they would have to dedicate to what causes to come up with this stuff i'm at least interested to see a starting point here like there's no movies about this that's the thing right like i mean there's a game about it now there's a game about it so, now yeah i i think um interest in in mesopotamian history and mythology really wasn't even a thing until until the turn of the the 1900s when archaeology became a thing so it doesn't have as big a part in our like romantic public consciousness as greece and rome do but it's absolutely positively <laughs> especially in the old georgie brain exactly as if not more important than that <clears throat> also you know it doesn't help that it's iraq so uh Instead, everyone is going to play. Uh, it was a very different Iraq. <laughs> everyone's going to going to play military shooters about invading Iraq and not town builders about inventing civilization in Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, well. Oh. Well, George, speaking of fun or not fun, what a segue. depending on how you want to approach things, how you want to approach things. Yeah. Are you prepared to have fun no <laughs> never <laughs> I'm done with fun well usually when we when one of us is down we tend to make up you know one one off segments that oh boy that you know fill fill the air oh, i'm so nervous fill the time I'm so nervous so obviously we've done it in the past myself and matt had a what would george do section oh man um uh, which you provided answers for after. This is going to be embarrassing, isn't it? Oh. Um, but I was thinking of one-off segments uh, for today, and we have you, and I feel like you might be an expert on this subject. Oh, no. Am I going to look like a big idiot? Let's have some form of jingle here. The title of this one-off section for this week 
Video game item or sex toy name? I love it. Never mind. This is going to be a blast. All of my fears are assuaged. This is, oh God, this is fantastic. Liam, I am, I am, I, I am, I am aroused with, uh, with excitement. <laughs> so this one-off segment, George, your challenge is to guess whether what I am about to say is either. Oh God. A video game item or the name of a sex toy you can buy on Amazon. What if I get all of the sex toy answers right and all the video game answers wrong? Then you are the person we suspected you are. <laughs> okay, never mind. I'm actually really embarrassed and scared again. I'm how how wait, wait. How are you gonna know I'm not gonna purposefully get all the sex toy answers wrong and all the video game ones right? Because I actually think it's tougher than you're you're, you're gonna think. Oh no! <laughs> wait, wait, I. So all you have to tell me is video game item or sex toy. Okay. Simple as. Okay. Right. Simple as. Now, e either this game is gonna expose either one thing. It's either gonna you're a sex demon and you know all of these things, or it's gonna show that you're a massive nerd. So either way, it's a lose lose situation. It's a lose lose situation, but I guess <laughs> important point of, of disclo disclosure: being a sex demon is not the same as being a sex toy what enthusiast, <laughs> uh, a connoisseur. Obvious. <laughs> well Man. let's get started i, sh okay. I should have gotten into the sex toy business i have a whole host of game items and i have a whole host of toys you're pulling yeah. the collection out from under the bed so let's start off with Big box the pixie vibe oh that's definitely a sex toy pixie vibe that's gotta be uh, vibe I mean, it's a, pixie vibe. a vibrator. Pixie implies like small, cute things for, ugh, I don't want to think about it too hard, but that sounds a lot more sex toy-ish than video game item to me. A vibe is something abstract. I mean, it's not used as, as combat for killing people. A vibe can be a good vibration shared between friends, but that doesn't sound like something that you walk over on top of in a video game and it sloops into your skin. Okay, so... You're saying sex toy? I, I think a pixie vibe sounds like something you would schlick on your skin instead of <laughs> schloop into your skin when you walk over it and it's hovering in the air and it goes, you know. I can confirm you are correct. Hell yeah. The pixie vibe is a sex toy. That is one point to you. Congratulations. I am, I am at least a little bit more knowledgeable about sex toys than I am video games. Interesting. Okay, next one. The Groovatron. Ooh, that's a good one. Like, that could be the name of a car. That could be the name of a band. The Groovatron. That could be the name of, of, of an item we should be sponsoring on this show. The Groovatron <laughs> sounds like, like... Oh, my God, we should have got an Adam and Eve sponsorship for this episode. Oh, if only I had... Uh, yeah, anyway. I Well, we should have. Uh, the Groovatron sounds like an unlockable... Could you buy the Groovatron at Adam and Eve? Is the I'm not Googling it. L listen to my keyboard. You can hear me not touching it. Yeah, you no, you're not Googling because that's cheating. And I'll, I'll put the microphone right up to my keyboard so listeners can judge too. I mean, everybody's heard your keyboard for four years running, so I don't think it matters. 
What do you think, George? Sex toy or video game item? Yeah, I, I want to say it's a straight 50-50 shot. For the sake of, of statistically likelihood, I'm going to go with video game item. Because the last one was sex toy and... Yeah, I know you're thinking like coincidences that. Coincidences. But am I thinking like that? I don't know. Are you? And I can confirm. You are correct. Oh, it is see, a video see. game item. Well done. Can you guess what game out of interest? Dude, I... D Wacky Racers on the Dreamcast. It is from Ratchet and Clank Cracking Time. I, I can't believe I didn't get Ratchet and Clank Cracking Time. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next one. The next one is called The Sturm. Ratchet and Clank is like cheating. When, anyways, what was the new, next one? The next one is Sturm. Hmm. How's it spelled? S-T-U-R-M. Oh, Sturm. so like a storm, but sexier and more European. Sturm. St yeah, like hmm. a, maybe in German it has an umlaut on top of it. Sturm. Now, that does sound like it could also be a very terrifying bladed weapon. <laughs> that sounds like it could be a really badass name for a bladed weapon, or a real badass name for men who are insecure <laughs> about putting things in their butt. <laughs> So once again, it could go both ways. Yeah, that, that's that. You know, that's a very different market than the pixie vibe. I'm sure, but <laughs> okay. I have a I have a question, a meta question about the contest. Yes. What if it's both? <laughs> I will admit, I tried to find. Yeah, but it was very. It, yeah, it was not that great. There wasn't anything, <laughs> unless it was very, fairly obvious. That sounds like a great review of, of, of the Sturm for men. <laughs> the Sturm. It fit great, but it wasn't that obvious. I... So what do you think it is, George? I'm going to go with video game item again, because I still think like that name would, in, in the context of all the media and, and products that our societies produce, I imagine there's more unlockable video game weapons out there. Or video game armor sets named the Sturm, because it's just German for storm. Then there are sex toys named German for storm. But honestly, that sounds like it go both ways. Like, that just sounds like a good time in either case. I can confirm you are once again correct with three points. Sturm is a gun from what game? Wolfenstein? Destiny 2. Oh, well, it's close enough. But yeah, I was Sturm, German, Wolfenstein. So you're three, you're three for three, you demon. Three for three so far. When when you were in, in high school in, in England land, did they make you do these classes where they taught you on the most- Sex ed. Yes. Did they, did they teach you how to take standardized tests good by picking the questions that you don't know the answer to, but are just statistically likelier to be right? No, in the UK, they just give you, uh, they tell you to just put an answer because you never know. Yeah. yeah, and but that is a better bet too. That was always the thing. It's like, if you don't know, just write something or just, or just take something. Like, if you don't know, it's always better. You could be the one monkey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It could be the one moment. It's not, it's obviously bullshit, but. It is just you know. rolling statistics. It's gambling. Yeah. So I want to know, George. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next item. Sorry for getting sidetracked. It's okay. The next item <laughs> is the goddess staff. Oh my goodness, dude. You can't, mm, all of the, mm, the first one was the only <laughs> easy one on the list. The goddess staff could, I want to say that's, that's the similar situation to Stern, but I want to say it's the 
of all the products all of our industries across the whole world have produced, I bet there's more sex toys named the Goddess Staff than there are <laughs> video game items inside treasure chests named the Goddess Staff. That the, the combination of words is a little more specific than just plain old Sturm. So what do you think it is? I think it's sex toy. I, I, I bet it sounds more feminine, too. And, you know, b- b- ah, video games are for boys of and, that and dildos variety. are for girls. Right. Yeah, yeah. I can confirm you are incorrect. No. Oh, oh, okay. Thank God. For a second, I was a little worried I was right again, but. You are incorrect. It is the goddess staff. Good. That's because I don't know. From Fire Emblem. Yeah, see, I had no idea about that because I have so much <laughs> sex instead. I think that is like the most obvious one that could easily swing both ways. It's just so generic in its naming, but so such a great innuendo. So it's fine. I hate that, that, whatever you that, have that... next. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Okay, um, let's go with the next one then. Uh... <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> uh... What do you think? EVMZ is. Uh, is there any funny capitalizations going on? Uh, just capital E and a capital Z at the end. EVMZ. E V Z. EVMZ. Evms. EVMZ. Is that how do you? <laughs> what, I, it doesn't sound sexy. Not at all. The Evium, the Evium Z. That sounds like the free stock you get for signing a friend to Robin Hood. <laughs> get your free cryptocurrency, Evium Z, today. I'm going to go with video game item. I don't want to put this inside <laughs> of me. Or a friend. <laughs> a lot of video game items do go inside of you. Uh, now that I think about I it. I can confirm. Whilst... You are correct. Yeah. And you wouldn't put it inside of you. You would technically put it inside of something else. Is it a gun? No. EV. Electrovitograph. EV. Uh, um, the, 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 EV. Is it Evie's final evolution? <laughs> it's, it's a stone from Sun and Moon that helps you evolve Evies. <laughs> I was a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> onto something still pretty fucking wrong though but at least i was right about that not being a sex toy man i should get yes. into sex toy marketing i i tell them not to name them all the stupid names <laughs> well done you're four out of five that's pretty good so far that means i'm not a total weirdo no you're not oh, a total no, weirdo i'm a total weirdo so what do you think the wabajack is oh that's definitely a sex toy <laughs> that sounds like like a ripoff of the Jackrabbit. That sounds like like a cheap Amazon Basics version. It sounds like you were sorting <laughs> oh, by like price. Oh, like comes just in a gee, yeah, just in a plain white package. Nobody gives a shit. It's just it's that right. You just yeah. use it sometimes. You know how they just uh, they turn. What are you the... doing tonight? <laughs> I'm inserting the Wabajack. I uh. <laughs> Don't know if you've ever been in the market for this stuff, but I was I was shopping for some some girlfriend gifts a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> Where they, are we going here? They changed the name of the Hitachi Magic Wand so that it's no longer associated with like the company that makes an elevator in your apartment building. It's <laughs> it's now just called the Original Magic Wand because <laughs> you you haven't. Uh, t- 
having that sort of connection with the name Hitachi probably sent a lot of customers for a weird loop when they saw their Hitachis digging up the dirt at the construction site. <laughs> so what do you think it is? What do you think? Oh, that's definitely a sex toy. The Wabajack is. That reminds me of them changing the name of the Hitachi magic wand for, for commercial reasons. That sounds like someone changed the name of, of the <laughs> copyright Jackrabbit. So you're going to kick yourself because... It is not a sex toy. You are incorrect. Are you sure this isn't one where it's... <laughs> it, is, it is one of the Draugr weapons from Elder Scrolls. <laughs> Gross. I don't want that inside of have me. You never moved, have you never been beaten to death by the Wabajack? I guess if I did, I didn't know about it. I, I was just overwhelmed by sensations. That's the, sell, the, the tag phrase when you buy a Wabajack. If I was hit by it, I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes, bro. So you're, you're, you're four for six. It's not too bad. Not too bad. So that's, the that's, that's good. I'm getting worse. All right. Yeah, you're getting Things worse. I down. feel like good, good. it is good bounce, right? So what do you think Royal Jelly is? Oh, that's a video game. I remember that, actually. Are you sure? I swear, I, rem I was obsessively... I have played tens of hours of whatever game Royal Jelly is from. Oh, Jesus Christ. Was it Terraria? No. You don't think it's some sort of lubrication or something? Well, I could be both, but I, I, it was, was it, um, Stardew Valley? I, it was like a, a methodical open world <laughs> collectathon type. There was regular jelly and then royal jelly, and I think he used the royal jelly to make torches. Was it Don't Starve? It was royal jelly is a crafting ingredient that is in my brain permanently as part of video game muscle memory. <laughs> but I cannot remember which of the gazillions of slapping a piece of red goop on top of a piece of wood. So I'm going to give it to you. Royal jelly was in particular. But I did, I did kind of cheat. This is one item that has been named, that has been lube named oh. royal jelly in the past. But this is referring to royal jelly from the Persona series. So I'm going to give it to you. Persona? Because that would be <laughs> yeah. it, right? Like, I was playing that in the past year, so the memories that I... Uh, what Very the possible. I could have sworn it, it was a jelly that you beat and, and you put its glob onto the crafting table. Very, very possible. Um, but there was also lubrication at one point known as royal jelly. So, And also there's a Spongebob episode where they fight like a king jellyfish and they get the royal jelly. And they put it on a sandwich. Who wants to eat some royal jelly? Well, you're five for seven. You're five for six, right? Seven. Five for seven. Doing all right. Definitely depends which which kind of jelly you're putting in my sandwich here. Oh, a little bit of royal. So tell me, what do you think the harmonious is? Harm. What? What's the last syllable of this word? Harmonious. Onus. Okay. Harmonious. So it's like a harmonious onus. Yes. yes. <laughs> is it a healing spell or is it a sex toy? I'm going to go with sex toy. You are 100% correct, my friends. Harmonious is a big ass vibrating dildo. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I did not know, but I don't think. That would be a very elegant name for a video game spell, you know? It sounds a bit like a healing spell. Or it could be like a, um, you know, like a purity spell. Like, you know, debuffing, getting rid of debuffs or something. 
Yeah, yeah. Or or the name of a, a spaceship. I bless thee with the giant Harmonus. A, a spaceship named Harmonus. <laughs> like, just picture the Harmonus itself floating through space, right? Quick, quick, let's escape to the Harmonus. Captain George here of the SS Harmonus. What shape is that? <laughs> I think you know what shape that is, Captain. What is that large cucumber-shaped object on the radar, <laughs> sir? So, George, tell me, Looks what do you like think- banana the, to me. What do you think the Lelomona is? Uh, say that one again. Lelomona. Now, is that two words or all one word? That's one word. And the, the second syllable is Mona, as if someone is moaning. Yes. Lelomona. 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 So it's- it, But it's, it's spelled <laughs> M-O-N-A. M-O-N-A. Not moan. Mona. Okay. Like Mona. Monique. So wait, wait. Melanoma? What was the word again? <laughs> Lelomona. <laughs> could be the name of a Final Fantasy character. I don't know. Could, could be a pleasurable toy. Who knows? That's what we're here to find out. That is what science, the science of this game was made for. You know... I know. Uh, <laughs> I d I've been the researcher that was granted <laughs> the the research grant to fulfill this desire. Jesus. Well, I'm going to go with sex toy again cuz I love the name of that even though it rhymes You're a with goddamn fiend, George Weedman, and is indeed a sex toy. You that know. just sounds like a fun name that's not scary <laughs> or combative at all. That just sounds like a <laughs> Like a harmonical good time. It, it rolls off the, the tongues. It is lilting. It is Lelomona. I mean, I would buy a Lelomona, I think. It sounds like, like the brand of a sexy chocolates. What do you think the brown stool is? <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to think about what the brown stool is, Liam. <laughs> that that sounds like like the least sexy name for a sex toy anyone could have ever i don't want to put it past the human race to invent something like that though so i really don't know <sighs> for the sake of my own sanity i'm gonna guess video game it is indeed a video game. It is from Animal Crossing. It is just <laughs> a pure brown stool. <laughs> you were a cruel bastard. <laughs> why, why did you do that? You came up with that. You had to have come up with that yourself. <laughs> How many other people have ever made that joke for <laughs> oh, the fuck? I can guarantee you, nobody has ever made this game before. <laughs> okay, so I mean, you're eight for ten. That's really impressive. What do you think the pit stop stop pocket is? <laughs> I think that's a sex toy. The pit stop stop pocket. <laughs> If you say that again, I won't be able to answer more clearly. <laughs> Can you please give me your answer for the pit stop stop pocket, please? The pit stop stop pocket sounds like a sex toy. 
I can't even talk. I I gotta wipe the tears from my eyes. I don't think I've ever been this high pitched on the show before. Oh my god. I need to get my voice back. I, George Weedman, I'm George Weedman, and I think that the pit stop. Stop fucking. I, George Weedman, think that the pit stop stop pocket is more likely to be a sex toy than a video game item. I can confirm, George Weedman, that it is indeed a sex toy. <laughs> the Pit Stop Stop Pocket is your one-stop pocket for all your sexy needs. <laughs> How many Pit Stops could the Pit Stop Stop Pockets if the Pit Stop could stop Pits of Pockets? Oh my okay, god, George. my face is puffing up. I'm- so what do you think oh. the diva fish is? How many of these do you have? The diva fish sounds more like a sex toy than a video game item. Diva fish. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because the the diva cup is a similar item. For some reason, there's some association with divas. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Could be could be from Final Fantasy ten uh, ten two. You like know, a dumb version of a babble fish. The diva fish <laughs> could be from Pokemon. Instead of translating the world's languages, it makes pop music actually understandable. <laughs> it makes so pop music more tolerable. I, 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 the diva fish sounds like a cute little sex thing. Fish, <laughs> sex fish. I, I'm imagining a lump of blue fishy shaped plastic, and that's kind of what a lot of them look like, right? <laughs> I'm going to take your final answer that you are indeed correct. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sh- shamefully good at this. You are very good. You are 10 out of 12. That is impressive form yeah, for the my, first person who's my... ever played this game. You're setting a record. We are having world records broken this evening. I liked it better <laughs> when my score was worse. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think your finger is? Uh, now this is the name of a product. You're not actually talking about my actual fingers, right? Your finger. <laughs> this is like the my pillow <laughs> of sex toys. Your finger. <laughs> I, I what just a like waste of it. money. I've already got ten fingers. Why would I want to buy more of my own fingers? Fingers. Oh. Because I, maybe you just can't for those hard to reach areas. You just can't get enough. Just can't get enough. You know what, though? There have been three sex toys for the past three answers, and as delightful and fun and genius (laughs) as it would be to name an actual sex toy on the market, my finger, or your finger. Your finger. finger. I feel like like it would be just as fun to to wake up in a video game and check your inventory and see on on the boxes in your backpack are your own body parts. My finger. If (laughs) I made a game, I'm just saying that's the kind of humor I'd be using. So I'm going to go, because the last three answers were sex toys, I'm going to go with, with video game item. You're a smart man, George Reedman, because I can confirm it is indeed a video game item. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Now, it is from Tearaway. Oh, that's you funny. You could press on the back of the PS Vita to pop your finger into the world, and it was a item 
that they named in the game your finger and you can pick up your finger and that that <laughs> game is, is i will admit so depending cute. on who you are your finger can be both a video game item and a sex toy i i think we've learned a lot don't let your memes be dreams my friend about how how multi-purpose video game items can be I'm just amazed at how good you are at this game. This is in pretty insane. I'm not So we got, we got a couple more. I mean, you're perfect. I'm yeah. surprised at how many you <laughs> dug up. Well, I made up a lot of them. No, I'm joking. These are all official things I found. Okay, so tell me, <laughs> what do you think the Sfakom ring is? Uh, one more time, please, for those in the back. The Sfakom ring. Svakom ring. How is it spelled? S V A K O M ring. I'm going to go with sex toy cuz cuz that does sound like an alien artifact but it also sounds like a Swedish sex toy company. You don't think it's something you find in Bloodborne or Dark Souls or Demon Souls? Oh god, am I really going to look like an idiot? Was it actually an item in one of those games? Cuz the name doesn't ring a bell. The name doesn't quite sound cool enough to be a video Svakom. game name too. It sounds, it sounds like, like, like Hitachi. You wouldn't expect <laughs> to, to, to find the, the, the Hitachi brand on. I do have Hitachi Magic Wand down here. <laughs> I do have it on the list. That's like the most popular sex toy of all time, though. Everyone knows that. It is. Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, is the Hitachi Magic Wand a game item in Yakuza 7? Because that would be, <gasps> that would be appropriate. I don't know if it's named that, but it there straight up is a dildo. You mean and a magic a vibrator? Wand. Yeah, a, a magical girl transformation wand. Yeah. Um. The 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 Svackholm ring. Uh. I'm gonna go with sex toy. I'm gonna go with sex toy. You are a fucking. You're a magician. You are a sex magician, sir. You are correct again. That is twelve out of forty. I don't think you actually want to be a sex magician. I don't think you want to be good at this game. You should be <laughs> admonishing me. You should be punishing me. Please punish me, master. I can punish you with these sex toys. Oh yeah. my god. I'm getting all hot and bothered. You said there's a couple. Is there still one more? Uh, we can do one more. There's oh a couple gosh. left. But for the last question, I'm going to ask you, which is the sex toy? And which is the video game item? So we'll have two. Okay. 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 So please confirm to me what is the video game item and what is the sex toy between the ultimate paddy and the lollipop. Oh, okay. Okay. Lollipop, I'm going to go with video game item because that does show up in a lot of video game items. So if you try to tell me it's a sex toy, you're technically wrong. Because I totally remember lollipops in Bayonetta, uh, River City Ransom. Lollipops were in, uh, I don't know, but that's two. That's two right there. <laughs> what about the ult uh, the ultimate paddle? <laughs> it's really hard to say that. <laughs> it sounds like like a fun sex toy, I guess. But I... <laughs> the ultimate paddle. I feel like I became less innocent just hearing those words go into my ears, <laughs> come into my ears, if you will. Well, that is a fucking resounding fourteen points out of sixteen. Because yes, the ultimate paddle is a sex toy. It is literally a paddle you spank people with, and also lollipop. In this instance, you are correct. 
could have been from Bayonetta or Lollipop Chainsaw. You are pretty spawn. That is 14 out of a possible 16 points, George Weedman. I don't know whether to be upset or proud of you. Me neither. <laughs> but you know what? That was definitely Somebody... a lot more fun than than complaining about the, the news. Uh, that's true. Um, I can give you some of the uh, other ones that were on the list, which was uh, for the games, we had the Raging Strap-On. That's not a that's that's a game thing. That's a game thing in Diablo three. How all right, Mr. Mr. Toots, Crowbar, Carrot Key. Okay, what about Carrot Key? Is Carrot Key um Carrot Key is from Earthbound? Oh, because I could imagine that would be like a fun the Stunks. Stunks. It's a gun with a, a skunk attached to it in uh, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. Ah. And then the sex toys that we had down were Cloner Willy, the Modern Maud, the Emoji Baiter. Emoji Baiter? Yep. Sahandi. I... And just for posterity, one more time, Pit Stop Stop Pocket. Top Pocket is the best <laughs> name for any product ever. But I do feel like there might be a few handies out there. Yeah, this one is called the S-Handy. If you got on Amazon and typed that in, you'd find a few, I'm sure. Please do refrain from Googling any of the products you have heard since today on the Dan and Sons podcast. And if you were playing along, did you beat George Weedman? Are you more are you more of a demon in the sack than our Weedman or more of a nerd? It's I think it's safe to say you're 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 pretty much like a, a master at both. Instead of Googling for these items, go to adamandeve.com slash super <laughs> We will retroactively get this episode sponsored. <laughs> I can't believe that the pit stop, stop, pocket. Thank you for playing this week's round of Is It a Sex Toy or Is It a Video Game Item? <laughs> I could never have come up with something that good myself. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot what it was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna find out. Hang on. What is the pit stop stop pocket? Oh god. I'd like to just imagine that instead of confirm it. Whatever I have in my head. Okay, well keep it in your yeah, whatever you want it to be, it is. I'm imagining something that looks like a gas station somehow. <laughs> <laughs> well, George, what is next? What do we have to do to close out this? Uh let's skip the news. Um because speaking of gas station, which requires oil, which may have been the reason for the legal justifications of, of the invasion of Iraq in 2003, which is now getting a video game based on it that got brought back from the dead from 2009. Less yeah, You know what? If I'm sure you'd already know what we'd say about that game anyway. If you regularly listen to the podcast, you know that, that we're probably going to be reluctant you know there's still a chance there's still a chance but it's it's probably going to be call of duty but more serious let's go to listener questions yay yeah after after last week's episode we got some more filling up in our inbox but you know we could always use some more um send them in to dad and sons podcast at gmail.com uh we also got some from our patreon listener question discord as well john b has a fun one this was bound to happen eventually and i 
wonder if we've already done this, but I don't think I ever have any memories of, of my answer. Uh, John B says, if you have to get a game tattoo, what would you get? Simple but powerful. I have one. We've talked about this before. We spelt tattoo wrong in the name of the episode. I have a Pokemon <laughs> tattoo. And that was that is not the one I would have chosen, but you know. You, did you, how, how do you feel about your Pokemon tattoo now? Is it is it It's fine. Still still looks fresh and clean and Eh. Does it still represent it's fine. The tattoos I like are on my arm, and that's great because they're the ones everyone sees. The other ones <laughs> are all me being a dumb teenager or a dumb university student, all thankfully are hidden. I have toyed with the idea of, of getting a game tattoo, but I would not go like whole hog, whole sleeve, like garbage ass, just every Smash Brothers character on your arm like I see some of the gaming tattoos. I know, I know someone who had a Game Grumps tattoo. Wow, that's a bit different. That's like fandom of a different kind. I think I would have, honestly, the 8-bit Mario sprite in some form or fashion with some form of unique take on it. That sprite embodies to me everything that has built up my love of games and also my career. So I think I would just get the 8-bit Mario sprite somewhere. Maybe even a small, tiny version of it. like just. Just to be there. Colors or black and white? Color. I would go for like the one that's similar to the amiibo. Uh, if I can grab it. So I, I wonder if uh, the, the, the skin shading would... It'd be this one, but it, not in this color. It would be the blue and red instead of the brown and red of the OG. Yeah, because you, be you can't really like see the difference between the, the hat and the head, I think, when you have it in yeah i mean everybody knows what it looks i mean i'm just holding the amiibo up of the the 30th anniversary which was five years ago oh my god this is terrifying nintendo needs to stop having anniversaries yeah yeah any video game tattoos are old yeah it would probably be that i can't think of any any other video game i would apart from my own i'm totally gonna get like a golfer tattooed on me one day it, does anybody have a dad and son's tattoo oh my god that'd be amazing if i ever get a tattoo i should get someone to tattoo the george socks face onto my actual feet <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway no. i would pay i would pay that can we can we crowdfund that can we get you that tattoo i am not permanently screwing my feet up for shits and giggles although i disagree it, yeah, i feel that... like I feel like you're improving them. We we did just see at least one woman rocket to internet stardom by spray painting her hair with gorilla glue. So <laughs> permanently screwing up your body for the sake of internet clicks is is a tried and true success story, kids. That's what you want to be when you grow up, right? Look, I have games to sell. I'm fine with tattooing your face on my socks. <laughs> Oh, on my on my feet <laughs> on your socks on your i am totally totally down with tattooing my face on my socks i'm totally down i just have an, a complete tattooed replica of a george sock on one of my feet i'm i'm totally down to to tattoo uh my face on my feet and i think you know if i ever am faced with the decision gun to my head i don't think i would have that much objections with like a little triforce somewhere yeah, I yeah. think yeah, it's inoffensive. It, it'd be it'd be a pixel art based sprite for me for sure. Uh, just because it's timeless art and you can have unique spins on it. I think definitely the 16-bit era of Nintendo or the 8-bit era. 
for sure. I would worry that Zelda may someday, decades in the future, not be cool anymore. But in I'm going to get the. In, I, I mean, when are we ever cool? But I'm going to get the <laughs> entire Breath of the Wild, George Weedman limerick oh tattooed in its entirety on my back. I was just going to say by having an abstract symbol that doesn't look. Like, the entirety of much of anything means that as the decades roll on, you can gradually pass it off as something else. Like, oh, I'm just really into Shinto Buddhism. That's why I have this Triforce. Good old Triforce. Aubrey says, Yay. Hey, dads, have you ever cosplayed? If not, do you have a memorable Halloween outfit? I have not cosplayed. Although, I do have a very memorable Halloween outfit. Which I think I've talked about in the show before. Where I dressed up as a family chicken. I feel like we might have seen pictures of it. Yeah, my family chicky outfit from me dressing up as family chicky senpai for Halloween. Because I put a lot of effort into that costume. In fact, I did dress up as a League of Legends character and as Big Boss in the past for Halloween. I like how you didn't say which League of Legends character. Just a. Oh, it was. Uh, it character. was. Um, so I. It was for the Rockstar Christmas party one year. And my girlfriend at the time went as Diana, I went as Ezreal, and then my housemate went as Gangplank. So we all went as League of Legends characters because we were playing it. I know one of those. So, yeah, but it wasn't, they were not very good costumes, but I put a lot of effort into my family chicky outfit. That was, that was fun. You know what? George, you've been Big Boss like how many times? Costumes of inanimate objects are the fucking best. I have not been Big Boss yet, actually. I, 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 I will want to maybe someday. But, you know, I have actually done cosplay before, and it was of another shit-tier internet celebrity. And it was for a Dragon Con a few years back, where a friend of mine went with me as... You didn't dress up as, like, Wooly or something, did you? We dressed up as Red Letter Media. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen the photo. Yeah, the Mike and Jay in their lightning-fast VCR repair store shirts. I. I went to several thrift shops, looked through all their their shabby old shirts and jackets and found some that looked just like the very generic ones they have on the show. And I also custom ordered Velcro patches to go on the breast of the shirts so that we were actually wearing lightning fast VCR repair shirts. And then I had a third costume prepared for a third person to be old man Plinket. With um, like the big glasses and, and the cane, yeah, yeah, and I, I can't believe like how much, how many copies of those costumes are in all the thrift stores of the world out there. Like I couldn't <laughs> believe how easy it was to get the exact same clothes there. It's like it's like they picked those clothes by how frequently they show up in thrift shops, deliberately rather than accidentally. It, it's it's cute. <laughs> So, yeah, there's the answer to that question. Yeah. A few years ago, a girlfriend and I would wear complimentary costumes for Halloween. Aww. Adorable. Mm -hmm, But, I mean, the lightning fast VCR repairman definitely was was me being a (laughs) shit lord internet. (laughs) Punky Plays asks, if you were an NPC trainer in the Pokemon universe, what type of trainer would you be and what Pokemon would you use? Ooh. So I like how whatever answer you get to this question, you're going to have a lot of free time. 
on your hands. Like you're not really gonna have a job. You just kind of stand in one spot. You might get in one just Pokemon gonna battle. Just sit in your Route Thirty and and just chill. Um, the government pays for your food and your pooping spot. I don't know what you do there, but you're taken care of at least. See, I'd want to be one of the fisherman ones because always the like the oh, water, yeah. like the the beach seaside places in like mm. Pokemon is great. But I don't, I'm not a big fan of water Pokemon, and they always have to have a water Pokemon. They really live a charmed existence, just standing out by the pier in that one spot yeah. forever. I would maybe be a one of the bug, but they Pokemon trainers, but they're always shit. But if I had a Scyther, that would be cool. They do, they do look pretty rad. They do look a lot more rad than the Caterpies you find in your opening. So wait a second. Are you saying you'd be Shorts Boy? Because isn't Shorts Boy... No, you can have... There's the like the adult ones as well, right? Like the otaku catching, catching ones too. Or I'd be Lieutenant Surge and I would have a Raichu because obviously I am the Raichu man. Thinking back on it, I think the NPC trainers you fight that actually have slightly more interesting lives than all the others are the ones stuck on the conveyor belts of Team Rocket HQ. Now, if I, if memory <laughs> serves me correctly, don't they actually ride the conveyor belts? So you actually like have to do a little bit of Metal Gear Solid stealth and not get in their mm. line of sight? I think I would be them, just, just for the change of scenery. I don't want to stand in one spot. I want to ride around in a conveyor belt circle forever. What is the most overblown dramatic team in all of Pokemon? Because I'd want to be... I guess the final four. I'd want to be on that team. Okay. I just want to be an NPC for that team. Well, you're still going to stand in one room for the rest of your life. Yeah, but at least I could wear a cool outfit, and you know. On the other hand, if, if you choose to be in the Team Rocket basement, you get to go on a ride. That's true. One ride. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> Last one is for you, specifically. Nick DeRosé says, Hi Liam, I was currently watching Ranma A Half, which features a lot of characters from China. This got me curious as to what the relationship between Japan and China is like and how their respective citizens feel about each other. Obviously, I'd ask both a Chinese and Japanese person, but since I don't know any, I thought I'd ask you. <laughs> yeah, of course. White guy in Japan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. ask that, dude. This is, this is a wound. Uh, I don't know. I only have a surface view of how Japanese people feel about it. I think there is a lot more tension between Japan and Korea for the most part, even though they tend to share the most culturally. China, it's a communist country, essentially. Uh, but it's not. It's the capitalist playground. In terms of like how Japan thinks of Chinese, like tend to mainly focus on Chinese tourists um, who buy a lot. They come over to Japan and they buy a lot of things in bulk and then take it back to Japan because it's tax-free if you, you know, have a passport and stuff, especially in Tokyo. Uh, but Japanese people tend to get really frustrated with Chinese tourists because they tend to not be very well-mannered is the, yeah, the stereotype in Japan. That's a stereotype. Um, there's also a stereotype that Chinese learners of Japanese are easily the best out of any learner group, and they always ace Japanese tests and, and stuff like that. You, it's quite often you'll find Chinese people who study Japanese who end up being able to speak fluent Japanese pretty quickly. I, I think that's just... It's interesting and tragic at the same time, because there's clearly tension that exists there. Like, that's a real big historical open wound that I, I don't think really has been solved considering the tension is still there but and there's all this anti-chinese racism too like like throughout japanese society like i mean yeah but i mean I, like 
in all pretty much all of the Asian countries, there's racism that it's a really hard subject to tackle because it's cultural differences again, but also like the kind of racism that happens in Japan and China and Korea is all very similar. They all are racist about each other. At the larger scope of things, like Asian countries are massively homogenous. And a part of that problem is especially like in Japan is that kind of racism. If that was in America, like people would freak the fuck out. Like there's, you don't, I mean, you do hear it, but you don't hear it as like the collective thought, which is, you are not American, right? You don't tell somebody who's black or somebody who's Pakistani or Indian, you're not American because you're not white, right? Whereas in Japan, if you're half or you're, you know, maybe somebody who is born of white parents or black parents, but you you were born in Japan and you raised in Japan and you've only ever known Japan and you only lived in Japan, you are not Japanese. And doesn't it like say so on your card? Like, you can't get married or naturalized or something, no matter how hard you try. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, and that is systematic racism. And that is what it's like in a lot of Asian countries. They're very, very similar. It's a strange issue. The evidence of how historically created it is comes from, like, putting a Chinese guy in a Japanese class versus a Western guy in a Japanese class and seeing how fast one of them will be able to learn. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like you have a lot of half Japanese, half Filipino, like, members of Japanese society, Mm -hmm. and they're not Japanese, like, to Japanese people. They're half. They're half Filipino, even though they're half Asian, you know, of of another Asian uh, society. But, yeah, it's... uh, it's uh that's not so cool sometimes but yeah so there you go like if that gives you any indication of like what relationships are like in asia like they generally all get along and then when it comes to a global thing asians tend to maybe stick together more versus the west so there was a very small i mean in, in my social circles at least uh a friend of mine has a chinese american girlfriend her parents run a restaurant. They ended up seeing a a big decline in business over the past year. There's a very there there is a degree of sinophobia to what's happening oh, in the states dude, in response to the coronavirus. Dude, dude is yeah, that like, happening over there too? In the first month of Corona, like I remember, it was weird. Like Japanese people are really odd sometimes in that like nobody went to Chinese restaurants. Like, it was assumed that Chinese people had the coronavirus. Like, in America, if you're Asian, right? But now that has denigrated into, they just think foreigners have coronavirus. So even I, when I walk down the street, or I cough in the public, people, like, immediately (laughs) just walk away. (laughs) But, yeah, it was. I remember going, because my dad came to Japan for the first time in February of last year, which, you know, was just before corona kicked off in march and i remember we went to a chinese restaurant and the kyoto like on the kamogawa kyoto's main river and those restaurants are always booked always expensive but this one this chinese restaurant that usually is really expensive was dead it was empty it was really really weird and you could tell what was going on and you know even the people who who worked there who were Chinese were like, oh, thank you so much for coming. You know, it's been tough. Ooh. It's been a weird week. Like, oh, that's thank you rough. for coming. It was really, really weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. You never really know how to respond when when business proprietors give you that kind of reaction. I mean, I'm just happy to then give them business, I guess. 
food was pretty decent as well. It was good. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I just maybe it's just me, but I wouldn't want to like like come off as is uh like like I'm I'm giving them pity or anything, you know? I I wouldn't want to make them feel dependent on my charity or anything like that. That's that that would be. Am I thinking about it too hard? But like I think they they assumed oh like white people on holiday, you know, they probably just don't know. And it's like, well, we can tell there's nobody in this restaurant right now, so it's very possible. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of sad, but what is the Dad and Sons podcast except going from kind of funny to kind of sad? We are a roller coaster of emotions and that is what sex toys give you. I am so happy to have done that sex toy segment with you, Liam. Thank you for sharing your sex toy knowledge with me. George, it's been an absolute pleasure testing your sex toy knowledge. I am just so very proud of you. If you... Oh my gosh, I'm swelling. I am swelling with pride. If you have sex toys <laughs> that you would like to send to us... <laughs> You can email us at dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. You can also join our Patreon and tell us how much you loved that one-off segment and how much you enjoyed George's incredible knowledge of sex toys and video game items by joining our Patreon where, for $5, you can come and join our excellent Discord community. They're up to all sorts of stuff. And, of course, if you pay $15 a month, you can join us for an AMA where you can question us even more about sex toys. I really, really hope the Discord doesn't start talking about sex toys after this episode gets out. And they've been into some sneaky stuff recently that I think that sex toys would be mild in comparison. Oh, oh, that makes it sound so spicy. To solve the mystery of knowing (laughs) what you could be talking about, I guess I'll have to go over to (laughs) patreon.com slash dad and sons. Also, you know what? It's a new year. We're rapidly entering the third month, and we've had a great time today. If you have, how about for once, you share the Dad and Sons podcast, or give it a review iTunes, Spotify, whatever, five stars. Maybe if you're, you know, not that generous, four stars at least. Leave a comment, share it with your friends, say, look, skip to this time skip, <laughs> skip to this time segment where the sex toy talk begins, and then, you know, you're hooked it's, forever. It's been a while since, since we've uh, done that bit as part of the routine. Is it really, truly any coincidence that it comes back for the sex toy episode? Hmm, maybe, mm. maybe not. I guess we'll have to find out on another On the next episode, episode of Dragon, I mean, Dad and Son Z. Dag and Sons. Oh, that's... Sex and Sons. No! Oh, jeez. Oh. No! No!